All right, welcome to Bonehead. Today we have a special guest star, Mick Strong. Mick Strong. Well, so we were at All right, Scarefest. Why? I don't know. What's wrong with what I was doing? It was awful. You needed to another take. Welcome to Bonehead. This week's episode is... Mick Strawn. Who is amazing. He's a production designer on several of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. We met him at Scarefest. Yeah, um, he's also done... You weren't there. I was not there until... You don't know. Well, I You're had... like a child that wanders into the room. Well, eventually Chad got there. And I got there for this interview. After and the I'm... doo-doo curse was lifted. And mm. I was 100%... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm never going to start this thing. When the hell did he show up? I have no I idea. He was dead of ass disease. Maybe he still is. Are you dead? I'm the. Uh, I, I am not him? gonna. I'm not he's, gonna straddle you and make pottery. I'm just not. I might. By the way, <laughs> how come she isn't wearing pants in that thing? Why would she be wearing pants? She's making pottery. Exactly. That's a dangerous tool there. That's right. They were not showing proper safety protocols. Oh, shit. Shut a, that noise down. I have a lot of jokes about that. I know. And and I, I, I can't do any of them. No, you we cannot. Because we try to keep it PG-13 on both Which Mick Strawn's episode will not be PG-13. No, Mick goes a little bit off. Because not... And not only did he work on Nightmare on Elm Street, um, as if you heard our promo, he's also done special effects for movies such as Boogie Nights, Blade. This man has basically worked in movies my uh, throughout my that were... My whole childhood. If I'm sorry, Mick, he loved talk. he loved Boogie Nights when he was a kid. Critters Two, the best Easter movie ever made. As I said earlier, I can't argue that. Uh, Witchboard. You all are burying the lead. What's that? Break into Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, he worked with Canon Films, and also yeah, the and the lesser and the uh, the unknown Fantastic Four movie that a lot of people don't know about. So all those great things we just talked about are actually discussed on this episode, and he tells wonderful stories. So I did, I moderated the Nightmare on Elm Street panel, and I didn't know he was going to be on the panel, and then he came on the panel, and he was great. He told a great, some great stories. We had a good time. He walks off, walks up, and introduces himself to me, and we start talking, and we just hit it off, or at least I thought we hit it off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you should do our podcast, and because you just say that to people because you think, well, they're going to tell you no, but what do I care? If you don't swing for the fences, you never really hit the ball. Yeah. And I literally... Is met... that how football's played, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I literally met him about, what, 10 minutes before we recorded this? Well, yeah. You ran up and hugged him and kissed him on the cheek and <laughs> said, I knew it was you all along, <laughs> Fredo. This is truly... You broke my heart. It's probably... Oh, man. It's probably my favorite episode of Bonehead so, so far. Doing it, it was the most yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, he tells so many stories. We did, we, I would say we just got the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. Uh, We'd love to have him back on. Thank you, just now. He's just now starting to do As conventions. Right? He's yeah, just, he's just now starting to do cons. And he's one of the greatest behind the scenes. And, and we talk about this. We've talked about it actually off camera before. We have a great appreciation for the behind-the-scenes stuff. Writers, directors, production designers, cinematographers, PAs, second assistant, first assistant directors. We love these people because yeah, they're the ones who actually get movies made. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, I mean, anybody can act. Obviously. Uh, but it takes somebody that has a lot of skills to... Z with a Z. Yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll go ahead and say three Zs. Ooh, Ghost James laying it down. Yeah. Um, but Ghost anyway, ass disease, James. <laughs> if I was a zombie, I'd starve cocaine? to death with this group. Anyway, allergy, allergy um, cocaine. Yeah. 
he's allergic to not having cocaine now. It's <laughs> anyway, called addiction. I'm putting my um, arm around so you. I'm sick I of holding you. Anyway, the... Uh, but let's no, go ahead and... Get, yeah, let's get started let's on this get started. Let's get started. Like I said, tune in. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Mick. You were great. And we're not lying when we say this is our most fun episode. It was the one we had the greatest time yeah. doing. And we just had a ball. We'd love to have him back. In fact, we may invite him to hang out with us. Stay in my basement for a while. Mick, you want to come hang out in my basement? Feed him White Castles mm. and Cheetos. Just put my hands I never get hair. White Castles and Cheetos. God, because I can't Because you're dead and hair. ghosts don't eat. That's that's why I'm going to be a real ghost. Start I'm the episode. Gonna, I, that being said, Can no, we start the episode? I'm well, ready. no, I was just going to say, and seriously. Oh, my God. The, the, the. the you're going to say the three times. That was so profound. Your mom's a whore. Uh, <laughs> the, the other part of this, though, and, as we already said, the, and, the behind the scenes <clears throat> part of this is fascinating. You will literally hear everything about how he got things moved that should never be moved. Yeah, this is a good story. You're going to hear some things about things that even the directors here Hear some with things about know. some things. That's right, Mick Garris. I know something that you don't about Critters too, and soon all of our audience will know as well. And by the way, Mick, <laughs> feel free to show up and, and refute whatever was said. We'll you can do you that on, on Bonehead. <laughs> so follow us on boneheadhumor.com, Mick. So anyway, one of you. let's start the yeah, show. There you go. Mick Strawn! Alright. Hey, I'm Joe Lewis with Bonehead. Today, we have our regular two boneheads. Who are they? James. I have no idea who I am. Right. But we have a special guest star. We're at Scarefest this weekend, and our special guest star is Mick Strawn. Why are you getting up, Mick? My name is Mick Strawn. <laughs> Mick, tell us something about yourself. Why in the hell did we have you on here? Did we just That's hire a, good a hobo one. off the street? That's a good question. <laughs> What lie did I tell you last? You said that you loved me and you the reason you didn't look at me during <laughs> was because you respected uh, me. I don't know why did I have to recover from that. I don't know okay. why we don't get more guests. Yeah, uh, yeah. People yeah. Want to come on. yeah I can understand because that. Joe steals all their French fries. <laughs> I was a production designer and uh, an effects designer back in the day, uh, you know, when we um, used pinhole cameras. Yeah. To, to, to do our shooting. And uh, I wound up doing Nightmare on Street 3 and 4 and working on Critters and designing uh, uh, Leatherface and uh, the missing uh, Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, what else have I done? Let's see, well, you did, you, you've worked on Boogie Nights. Oh, Boogie, oh! And Blade. Oh, are you sure this is PG? Because <laughs> I'm telling you. No, tell the story. I have a story from I'll, Boogie Nights. I want that story like, from Boogie Nights. Blow your mind. I tell, want the story from Boogie Nights. Okay. Tell the story from Boogie Nights. <laughs> okay. Let's start with Boogie Nights. So, in Boogie Nights, there was a party scene. Yes. And the party scene is famous and it was huge, mm -hmm. right? And so, we go through this and, and we go through that. We go through, and, and we, we have... We had the tray, we followed the tray, uh -huh. right? You know, going to the parties and the drinks. And then um, the idea is that we're following Bill Macy, right? Right. And we're following him around and he goes into a room and he discovers his wife, you know, boinking, boinking yep. this guy <laughs> on, on a washer, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then he goes out of the room and he shoots himself in the head, right? right. Okay. With a smile on his face. Yeah. Let me tell you where I was while this was filming. Oh my god, I'm already in love with this. Okay. <laughs> if you had looked right 
to the doorway as you go into that little laundry room, uh -huh. I was sitting here with three compadres. And we were sitting here with these little staring guns. And when he walks in and goes bam, 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 we go staring gun one, two, and three. And we made the little blobs of blood show up on the three actors <laughs> that are right in front of me. Yeah. So let me tell you what that entailed. That entailed sitting cramped in this little room with this little tiny tube gun for 16 freaking hours while watching a guy that's hung like a horse screw <laughs> a girl that has been over a washer. <laughs> and that's all we did for 16 hours. I swear, I mean, I was impotent for at least a month. <laughs> but that had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> so, do you remember what you had for dinner that night? Not like, yeah. <laughs> after that, what, have, what do you go home and eat? Kill boss. <laughs> so, a strange craving. So, the, the, so then, after after like sitting there for sixteen hours, then we were supposed to fire, fire, fire. You know, yeah, with them back here. And I'm telling you that the first time it had. There's so much stuff had to happen before they got the camera to that room so you, that it was it was literally 10 hours before we got one take where we actually got the fire. Because you had to think that no error had to happen right. in the first five minutes of filming with him going to the car and coming back and coming forth and getting in there. So, I mean, it was 10 hours of sitting there and all at the same time, this guy has to stay right yeah, yeah, right absolutely. and they both have to stay looped so i get to sit there and just like right I'm, I'm i'm not kidding i was probably that close to this to to a horse to a horse <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i mean all right I can understand if you saw a photograph and you might think that you were inadequate for a minute, but just imagine that photograph just sitting there <laughs> right in your face going, wonka, wonka, wonka. So kids, you want to get in the show business? James needs a cold shower. <laughs> I do declare, I'm going to need a moment. He's got the vapors. I'm going to think. I do declare. It took 10 hours to get that shot though? 10 hours was the first time they came through and the guy on the end, uh, his gun misfired. Oh no. <laughs> Of course it did. Of course it did. And but, then your gun misfired later. Uh, <laughs> my, my gun misfired for a month. I think uh, I said that. But who played the parts? I don't remember. I have no idea. Were they actual porn? Stars? Yeah, they were actually porn stars. That's yeah. what I thought. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that guy that guy was destined to be a porn star. You know, if he wasn't, he was in the yeah, wrong yeah, place. <laughs> so that makes sense, though. If you're going to have that, go ahead and hire a porn star. They're probably used to the they're, they were long all, hours. They were... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they were all through that. They, they were all through that film. They're, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. Were, porn stars were, were everywhere. All right. Well, the next one, you told a really good story, and I want you to tell it again. So, when you worked on Xena, it was produced by a guy named Robert Tapper. Robert Tapper. And a lesser-known man named Sam Raimi. Sam yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Robert Tapper and Sam Raimi are <laughs> friends from Michigan, made a little movie no one ever saw called The Evil Dead. Right, exactly. No big deal. Robert Tapper. You worked on Xena. Tell the story of how that happened. Well, it's not so much how it happened; it's where it happened. Where it happened. And I, I got the, I got the show, and we kept talking in LA. And, and when I first got the show, all that we had was the concept 
and, and I was trying to come up with a concept for it, and we were doing this, you know, thing. I went back and I tried to rip off Art Deco and bring it into a Greek mm -hmm. kind of look, assuming that we would go somewhere where there was desert and, you know, that kind of Greekish kind of, right, 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 right. you know, Roman, whatever. But what happened? Is, is we wound up in New Zealand. Uh -huh. And I had to change the look around and everything. And, and finally, about a month after we'd been there, Rob Tapper comes in from LA. I'm sitting there, I'm going, uh, I was asking him in, in, in a meeting, I'm going, by the way, Robert, you know, how did, how did we wind up in New Zealand? I mean, I don't even understand this. It's, it's how come we're filming here? <laughs> and he says, oh, well, there's this little fishing place on the South Island <laughs> that I, I always wanted to fish down there. And that's dead serious, absolutely. Yeah. And we went there, and all the time that we went, every time we went there, Robert would come in and he'd, you know, spend a couple of days in the office, and then he'd go down and spend a week down fishing off of the South Island. I thought it was just because it was cheap to shoot there. <laughs> I'm sure that played part of it. Wait a minute. Look, Think of it this way: Is would it ever have come to your mind that you were going to be, you no. know, filming in New Zealand at that point? No. I am telling you, when this they is said, Peter Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is before that. I'm telling you, when they told me that I was filming in New Zealand, if I had landed in the plane and the doors had opened and pygmy warriors had come out to greet me, I would not have been the wiser. I'm telling you, absolutely had no idea what a New Zealand was. Had to go to the library. Had to go to the library. And that's the pre, you see there's that, that's, that's the place that, with that's, books. It's, it's, yeah. it's the Stone Age version of the internet. Yeah. Yes. Had to go to the library yeah. and literally was at my house, like yeah. one of the last things that I returned on my way to the airport to stay there for a year and a half oh. was a book. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that, that said, wild New Zealand on it. <laughs> now, Mick, when you were telling me this story earlier, I thought, oh, it's gonna be because because he eventually married Lucy Lawless. Rob Tapper, that book. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's where your story was yeah. going. <laughs> well, I that he just went this, down there to meet a I chick. I met this actress, she lives there, we're kind of close, <laughs> I want to, you know, we're getting married, well, it, I want her to be in it. But right. that's fishing. It was the real was, love of his life. Was fishing. Yeah, it, is it bad that I just went to, because you all didn't tell me what the story yeah. was beforehand, I immediately went when you were going to tell I was like, oh, it's just because he wanted to meet Lucy Lawless. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was about fishing. <laughs> yeah, but, but you guys are all in a pre-Lord pre of the Rings kind of mindset. Yes. Nobody in that period of time thought to themselves, well, shh, Canada or New Zealand, Canada or New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. No, New Zealand. No, absolutely. Okay. No, I was a huge fan of Hercules when I was when I was younger, and I was like, and then when I found out because like like these two, well, I was a huge nerd. I'm like, that's New Zealand. <laughs> Why the hell did they go to New Zealand? You know, talking about uh, you're talking about uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah, uh, Sam Raimi. I did remember a Sam Raimi story. We were oh, we were <laughs> we we had this uh, decision making process where uh, we're putting together the final. I mean, we're about ready to film. We're putting together this. The, the final looks and 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 trying to get approval to go, and yet Renaissance Films, who Rob Tapper's company, mm -hmm. uh, had him, he and Robert were having like a huge arguments about what things were going to look like, and you know I'm putting out drawings and drawings and changing them so it's going to be this way and this way, and I and I had all my original ideas and then finally, 
And I remember my art director was like, well, well, how are we ever going to um, get beyond this horrible decision-making process? And I go, well, uh, I got an idea. So we went up and we get to the fax machine. Uh-huh. And I said, give me the last sets of faxes for the, for the, uh, for the last set of drawings. And he goes, look, we've got to get this through. Look, don't worry about it, just give me the drawings. So he gets the drawings, I get to the fax machine, I sent a note uh, 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 to uh, Robert and say, okay, well, here's the final, to, no, it was to Sam, here's the final drawings, yeah. uh-huh. okay? And, and I, I texted him that, which you could actually do at that period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to feed all the drawings into the fax machine, and then I would put my finger down on it, okay, give me the next one. Now I'm just feeding them through, and I'm phone rings. Uh, yeah, hey, Mick, this is Sam. Um, I have a three foot long. <laughs> I have a three-foot-long fax here from you, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I think it's your final drawings. And I go, oh, I'm sorry, it, it's three feet long. It, well, well, can you understand what's going on? He said, I have no idea what the fuck this is. <laughs> I said, don't worry, we'll do it again. Hang up the phone. Get the fax hooked up on the same phone line. <laughs> Ring, ring. Hello? <laughs> oh, Sam. Hi, hey. How did they come out this time? Well, they're all fucked up. I have no <laughs> idea what you're doing. I said, look, look, man, don't worry about it. I, I just took you and Rob's, all of your best and latest ideas, and I put them on, and he goes, oh, okay, well, great. Then just go ahead. Fine, fine, <laughs> great. Thanks, man. <laughs> Margaret turns to me and he goes, wow. That was just fucking evil. <laughs> yeah, thank you. What's the <laughs> thing? One thing that they, one thing that they definitely were not prepared for from LA was was uh, how just generally deceitful we all were to each well, other at all times. Of course, because it's a committee and somebody has to make a decision eventually. Oh, and, oh yeah, yeah. And it's got to be because you're the boots on the ground actually doing it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, he, I, I got a joke that kind of goes along with all that. Is, is one producer is talking to another, and in the producer, all of a sudden he he really he, he oh my God, you're lying to me. I know, I know, but hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Did you have a question, Chad? No, I mean no. I know. I was going to say about the fact that. I don't know what you thought was the funniest part about that story, but Sam Raimi, I don't know why Sam Raimi, the director of the Evil Dead trilogy, freaking dark man, and I'm still laughing at the fact that he dropped the fuck. If you're a fan and you watch interviews, he comes across so sweet. Yeah, he's and so innocent and small. Yeah. Well, well oh, look at how sweet I am here. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> Imagine what a fuck what I was most of the time. <laughs> and you had a long career too because you didn't only do Hercules, you worked on Mantis as well. Yes, I did. Which is phenomenal. I love the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, was one of, I owned it on DVD, watched I watched all the season three times. So um, <laughs> We talked about this earlier, but I've got to get the story out there. So speaking of somebody has to make a decision, the Fantastic Four movie. You said earlier yeah. that when <laughs> you were brought in, 
that you knew what that was. Real quick, yeah, the Fantastic I, Four movie that was made to do what? It was not the one you saw. Not in the, the not the Tim no, Story. No, the Tim Story movie. This is this is the one that was made as a placeholder, right? So right. that they could hold the rights on. Yeah. Yes. And I, I knew that. I mean, I, that's what they told me up front. And see, there's been there's been interviews where they say that it wasn't. Well, you know, Corman has said it wasn't. The, the yeah. really the really weird thing is is Corman obviously didn't have anything to gain from that. I mean, right. all he was doing was renting out his stage. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the money. Look, look, let me tell you something. I'll tell you a story about Roger Corman. This is how little he was involved, particularly with that filming. Okay. It was, we had to film like crazy up until we had to put in a certain amount of numbers before the end of the year. Yeah. So when they tell you that you're doing quote unquote an art thing and all the rest of this, and it is yeah. Marvel and all the rest of that, and yet they say, in order for us to get our money, you have to, you have to like be here in the frickin' schedule by this time. I mean, that's a pretty big clue. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's that, that says a lot, right? Uh, and and that that was happening as we were all leaving. I had to stay one day and kind of like tighten everything up and make sure that it was going to sit for the five or six days that we were all going to be off. And it was it was like. January 31st. I mean, literally, it went right up. And as I'm doing that, I happen to go into uh, the mole man's lair. <laughs> and there's this old man sitting in a chair, and he's got a notebook, and he's like, and he's just scribbling. And I kind of like went around the room and just made sure that, you know, Everything was like buttoned up and, and, and made sure that all my, all, all my tape that said hot set, do not cross was put up everywhere, which by the way, they had no idea what that meant. So <laughs> what do so, not cross, do not cross. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, this doesn't look like a so the guy is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, the, so the old man, I'm walking by this old man and I go, uh, I got to close up the stage. Uh, can can I do anything for you? And he goes, oh, no, I'm fine. I own this place. And I go, are you Roger Corman? He goes, yeah, I'm Roger Corman. I said, well, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm just writing a film for while you guys are gone on this set. And I thought he was kidding. He wasn't. We came back in six days, and the whole stage had been repainted, and the props were all gone, and the set tape was gone and everything. And we're like, I've never seen this before. You know, I mean, really, if you want to blow the mind of the, you know, production people, yeah. just imagine that somebody's going to cross that piece of tape, just... What movie did they make, do you know? God, I have no idea. It's hard to tell. I mean, Carnosaur 4? We've heard this... <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. But we, yeah. I, I, I was there, I, I helped them shoot a lot of the uh, second unit for Carnosaur oh, 4. Oh, really? While I shot, the, while I directed and shot the second unit for... Uh, uh, the one that we were doing. Oh, really? Yeah, for Fantastic wow. Four. Oh, okay, so next one. Robert England is here, right? There's a lot about Nightmare on M Street. Yep. There was a show called Freddy's Nightmares you worked on with Mick Garris. Yep. Although I want to get to Mick Garris in a second, I want you to tell your Toby Hooper story. So, because Toby Hooper's passed on a few weeks ago, there's been a lot of stuff said about him over the years right. and whatnot. I have heard conflicting stories. I, uh, some I, I people I, love him. I don't have a story about Toby Hooper. All I have is. is I want you to talk, but you had a really good impersonation of him. 
So, if we could That's really good. For you geeks out here who have ever seen yeah. me talk and with holding a Monte Cristo and a Dr. Pepper. Bill Mosley talks about that, being on the set of Texas Chainsaw right. Master too. And I'm going, are you liking it, Toby? Yeah, I'm joining it. And the thing is, you have to understand that you're you're doing a show that is so tight on everything. Yeah. You have fractions of seconds to deal with anything. And he's standing there and he's doing that. And and all I could think to myself is, oh, I, how, how long can I do this? How long can I sit here and wait for him to actually complete that sentence before my brain just shatters? <laughs> Because I was telling you beforehand that I've met people like, or said people like, oh, he's high on coke all the time, and you like, no, you think it's just he was on the spectrum. Oh yeah, you see, he really. Uh, there was definitely a feeling that he yeah, was like, yeah, and he yeah. didn't. At that time, he didn't look very healthy. Right. Well, well, I mean, ever? he looked. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a good point. And he lived to be seventy. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Oh yeah. well. So, do you have a good Mick Garris story? Do you want to talk about working on Critters Two? It's Critters Two, right? Critters Two. <laughs> No, I want to keep it to myself. Oh, <laughs> okay, Critters 2. Uh, I'm going to blow your mind here in a few minutes when he when, when about a, I want if you have a story about something, but continue on with Critters 2. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Let's listen to you. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. So I, I, researched, I researched you, and you did a movie called, one of your first movies was a movie called Armed Responses. Oh, my God. <laughs> have you ever heard about that? I have. And the fact that. You know, you, you David, know, you know who, who directed that, right? No, I, I oh, didn't look that up. Who's the director? Uh, see, and now, now you really put me on the. What did they go on to do? Because I was so amazed by the list of actors on the show. <laughs> no, you, you're just gonna have to look it up. The director was just such a classic, uh, old school, super super cheap director. Okay. He was well known for going up to, um, uh, going up above Sagas, yeah. uh, up above you know, L.A. And he he would take a camera and he would dig it into a pit yeah. and he would run soldiers like towards the camera just and blow blow up and, and we used and uh, he just moved the camera around in circles as they were attacking it so that he didn't have to move the <laughs> Fred camera. Olin Ray. Fred Olin Ray. Oh, Fred Olin Ray Fred is Olin Ray a did all that shit uh, through all the, all those Babe movies. Yeah, but, but you know what he was originally known for? What? He was originally known for selling his film without developing it. Really? Here's what he would do. He would take stills of the film as he made it. Yes. But he wouldn't develop it because he didn't have the money. He would only buy the film. And and then he would get the whole film, all these production stills, and the film, and he would sell it as a package. And then when he got the money, then he'd develop it and edit, and edit it together real quick. <laughs> is he this, am I wrong? And please, and I know this is going to sound maybe you, a little sexist, but no, no. The cheapest special effect is. You, you know what? Is it, I, no, I don't. I don't know. I was gonna say, it, if I had to think that you could possibly be sexist, <laughs> I don't know you that well, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yes. He is trying to say this. No, 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 no. The cheapest no, special no, effects okay. are tits. Oh. <laughs> oh well, that's Brad going Brad Kerboy. I, I I did Fred Olin Ray. I, I, was, I heard say that once. Well, Brad Brad Kerboy. Uh, one time we were doing a film, you know, everybody has to do a, a, a Civil War zombie film, right? <laughs> so, well, when I was doing mine, 
Um, God help me, Fred Robert England did. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Everybody I know did one. So, so when I was doing mine, uh, it was with a production company that was owned by Brad Crevoy, and we had to sit through the whole production meeting, and Brad Crevoy was over in the corner, and he didn't say anything, and, all, and finally he stands up, stands up at the end as it was finished, and he goes, okay, well, this is all fine and good, but um, unless we uh, get some tits in here, this, <laughs> this doesn't work for me. <laughs> and he walked out of the room. Now, what the hell do you do with that? I don't know. <laughs> you go out. And, and you, you get, get some tests. <laughs> if you want to get your money ah, paid, that's right. By God, Bonehead right? humor's new slogan. Yeah. <laughs> you go out and you get you some tests. The problem is, is that we got moves. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't paying attention. Ooh. So, James. So, so you worked for Canon. Yeah. And were you involved with uh, the classic film Break Into Electric Boogaloo? Funny thing I was. <laughs> I, I, I literally saw that and I literally was like, I, I feel compelled to at least bring up Why? Break Into. You can tell a good was, canon story. Was yesterday. there a film? Okay, well, yeah. I got a really good one for that. No, oh, I, I really God, we got to hear canon Okay. This is the old days, right? When you had a crane, you had to have room. It used to be that you didn't have like little droids and you know, fly up and do that great shot. Mm -hmm. You had to have a crane in there. Right. And cranes were really mother pieces of equipment, right? right? And we needed a big one for that big reveal of the Miracles building, right? Da, 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 da. So <laughs> we had painted this building all up. We had gotten that, you know, that bright blah, 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 look, you know, and, and we have the stages up there and we have like two balloon releases that are just freaking enormous, right? And <laughs> The DP gets up there and he comes in and he goes, This is never gonna work. And we're going, Well, what's the problem? And he goes, Well, he says, The back of the crane is gonna hit that tree back there, uh -huh. and there's no way we're gonna get around it. And everybody turns around and looks, and right up the street, in the middle of the street, this you know, it, it sort of like had that big plaza look, right? Uh -huh. So up the middle of the street was these whole row of palm trees, right? You know, right. really old stately suckers. And they went right up to like the beginning of the first, you know, step going up, you know? Uh -huh. And we figured, nobody thought about, <laughs> I was young and what, what did I know? I was a construction coordinator and uh, I didn't know that, you know, that was gonna be a huge problem. And, and he comes, yeah, he says, well, I can't film, I can't do anything around this goddamn drink. <laughs> And I said, well, look, just let me, let me take care of it. I, I think I got a plan. <laughs> See where this is well, going. yeah, but so the thing is, is we're shooting tomorrow morning. Go, look, I, th I think I got this. So I call up a guy that does trees. Uh -huh. right? I said, do you have one of those trucks that, that moves palm trees? And they have trucks in LA that are just a rail, right? Yeah. And the rail has got a hydraulic boost on them. They lift it up and they put, you know, they lift it up and they put a tree on it, mm -hmm. lift it up like this and, and slide it in the ground, they would plant it, right? Yeah. I said, if you can get one of those trucks over here at exactly 6.35 tonight. <laughs> now, I'll tell you a little secret of life. an arbitrary time, but yeah. It it, no, it's not an arbitrary okay. time. Why, what? Is Why is it not? Come on, think about it. 6.35? Is it because, uh, I don't know, uh, after hours, a union? What is it? It's oh. dusk. Oh. oh! If you want to do something that's illegal, immoral, 
impossible, <laughs> gonna lose you your pants, you wanna do it, you wanna do it right at dusk. Right? Why at dusk? Why, because you can't see anything at dusk. Okay, okay. If it's dark, you can see because your eyes get adjusted to it. If it's light, you can see because there's light. But at dusk is a time that you could stumble right inside of a building you wouldn't really know. Well, you're smarter than me because I never would have thought of that. So what we did is, I, I, I think that it cost me $600 to have the truck right there. This is, this well, this is, is, this is way, but this is 19 something right? Yeah, it was still kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think 1988. That was a big chunk of cash. And you were working for Canon. And I was and working, working for, for Canon. Canon. was not giving you the cash. No, 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 he did. Oh. Believe me, their credit was so bad in town that, that literally at the beginning of the show, he gave me a stack of $10,000 and he said, when that's empty, I'll give you more. And that was it. I said, well, what accounts do you have? He says, when this is done, <laughs> I already told you, when this is done, I'll give you more. Because he, nobody would take his credit anywhere in town. Right. Uh, he, it's a, he's, they are fascinating men. Uh, yes. They really are, are, are quite, he's yes. the only guy that's turned to me and said while I was uh, in my 18th hour that there's 24 hours in a day and you have six left. <laughs> <laughs> so, so right at dusk, when nobody can see anything, this, this guy jammed up and did the reverse of what he normally did. He just, with the tilted thing, he came around the corner in reverse, slapped up onto that thing, put the chain around it, put it back down, and what's gone? It took him three minutes to get rid. We wow. came, we came running around. We tamped it down with. We had all kinds of asphalt bags of asphalt and just filled it with asphalt got it as smooth as we possibly could, and then spray painted it to make it look like the rest of the concrete, yeah. right? And then we were gone. And I'm telling you, the whole thing probably didn't take more than 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, in the 1980s, that's insane. So in the morning, in the morning, we're up on the top of the building as the sun comes up. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, cameras, crews coming in and everything like this. And the guy, and somebody goes, oh, Mick, 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 God, you gotta come here, he's coming out, he's coming out. And I get up and I look over the edge of the parapet, looking down, and the guy that lives in the corner house that's right in front <laughs> of that tree, he comes out, he comes out, and he bends down to get his paper. A newspaper is something that <laughs> was delivered to your house in the Good morning timing, that yeah. you could, you know. So my little punk on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> he he comes out to get his paper and he comes out and he's got that little gate and he gets opens the gate and reaches down on the sidewalk and he picks up the paper and he turns around and he starts to walk back to the house and he turns back around and he looks like this and everybody from the art department and half the grip department is holding their breath on the parapet <laughs> staring at him like <laughs> he looks around and just kind of shrugs and he turns around and goes back into his house and we're like party what did the dp say <laughs> He would like like any DP. He didn't say a goddamn thing. Not a word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what a DP's favorite favorite expression is? I can't believe we're finding out about that now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're finding out about this now. You know, in fact, I used to walk around, and, and I would wait until the DP started to do that, and, and I would pantomime them doing it. <laughs> and I, at one time, like. 
construction coordinator is walking with me and I go, uh, uh, he's going to pull it on me. I know he is. And, and it, I, it was like an electrical problem with the panel or something. And, and, <laughs> and we're doing the walkthrough of the building and, and we stop and somebody says, well, yeah, but we can't use that panel because it's been shorted out and all the rest of this. And, and I go, <laughs> and immediately he goes, I can't believe we're finding out about this now. And my construction coordinator bursts out into tears. He is laughing so hard. He's just in a little pool on the ground. We're all looking at him. <laughs> oh my God. All but, right. Uh, so go ahead. No, we never did. We never did talk about Critters 2. Critters two, two of the three, I don't know about James, but two of the three boneheads here. Actually, I prefer it over the other. It's better than oh, the original, yeah. and it's one of the staples in my childhood. Well, and it, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It, it embraces <laughs> no, no. the ridiculousness. Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It and it we actually did. We actually it right that was the whole thing. idea of it. Right. Yeah. We, and we covered it in a previous podcast because it's it's the okay, best Easter movie is, ever made. This is a, <laughs> this is a, this is a, this, this is probably I don't think anybody has ever told this story. I'm, I'm sure because I've got a message on my machine to tell. Mick Garris this, okay? okay? So you guys are hearing it first. Okay. <laughs> I built the town and I've also worked with a lot of uh, special effects people. Yeah. <laughs> and after I was done with that, I, I had a period where I was unemployed for a few weeks or something. And a friend of mine, Marty. Scorsese. No. Let's uh, just do say Scorsese. Well, let's say Balsam. Okay. Okay. Martin Balsam. <laughs> well, Martin Balsam. <laughs> I just got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's crazy, isn't he? He's psycho. <laughs> <laughs> he calls me up and he goes, hey, um, listen, I have to blow up this church today. <laughs> and As one does. As, as one does. And, and I know that you built it. He says, it would be really nice if I could just bring you on and, and you could point, we could discuss the structure of it and how to bring it down and, and all the rest of this. And you can act as as the assistant and I'll give you a really good pay and I said ah you know I'm not doing anything and the thing is, is the how the town itself I built really close to my house so I go out Saugus and <laughs> and we spend the day and we're rigging rigging like this you know and putting explosives and primer quarter everywhere and the place that we set the box yeah, yeah. we set up to actual blow was was the printing room Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. And that was, that was, you know, okay. So we were in the printing room. And so what we decided to do, what we decided to do, we're, we're going to get it all set up. And, and we brought all the wires back in there. Everything's hooked up to the box, but the box isn't hooked up to the main battery. Yeah. All lined up here like this. <sighs> Time goes on, da, 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 da. And he and I are laughing back and forth. And we're talking because we've worked together it's on so many projects. Finally, a uh, PA comes running in. Oh, uh, uh, sir, uh, uh, well, we're, we're going to be ready to go. And they gave him a radio. <laughs> He's got the radio here like this. He goes, oh, okay. Okay. We're going to roll now. And you heard the cameras come up to speed one by one. Duh, duh, duh. Rolling. Duh, duh. And he's still talking to me. <laughs> he's blah, blah, blah. And God, we were in the middle of the story. And, and he doesn't even break me. Doesn't break stride or anything. Da, da, da. Rolling action. <laughs> then he goes, uh, cut, cut. Well, okay, everybody freeze. I gotta go up and run the wire. So I have a, a, a miss. Uh, I misfire. Mm -hmm. 
And so he goes, yeah, I'll be back in a second. He gets up, goes out, and he falls the wires back, and he's doing something, right? You know, da, 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 da. And he comes, and the battery isn't hooked up yet, right? <laughs> yeah. And he comes back, and he sits down, and we go back to con our conversation. <laughs> and it goes on, and the same exact thing happens, right? <laughs> and he goes, oh, excuse me. And he picks up the radio, and goes, oh, cut, cut, uh, I gotta find this misfire, guys. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gets up, goes up, falls the wires, goes back. You know, does this little dance and comes back in. And we continue the story on. And now he, now when the PA comes in again, he finally gets up and he hooks up the thing and da -da, roll and roll and action and he blows it. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. And he looks up and he goes, I just wanted to make sure they really, really, really wanted it. <laughs> the shit that will dri drive a director crazy. Oh my god! I, you see, the thing is, is, I want to tell McGarris that. Yes. But there's a certain thing. Well, yeah. What kind of a mood was he in that particular day? That, yeah. <laughs> and like, sure. you'd probably get pissed 40 years or yeah, 35 years yeah. all over again. You have to think to yourself. Yes. He, he might actually be still. I would, be, like that. I would be. I would be. I've directed so shitty short films and I would hate you. What? <laughs> <laughs> my fault. I, I, was, I, mean? I was just there. Well, that's what, with five What do you people. mean, do I know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. the guy in the position. Well, I'm talking about the shitty short film. Do you oh, think okay. it's good? Uh, <laughs> I can't help that. Well, I know we're, we've got to give up the room in a minute. Is there a really quick story you want to go with? Although, uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that... That's the last. You that's know, the last. My, one. my stories you just tend to be long, boring, and drawn They out. were not. One, one thing that came from the thing that you mentioned, though. The thing that came from the thing. The, from the, the panel. From the panel. Okay. You mentioned that one of the things that pops up in Nightmare on Elm Street actually came to you in a dream, correct? Yeah. Correct. You want to tell that story because I think that's a really interesting. Because we haven't touched on Nightmare on Elm Street much. Do you want to close out on that story? Uh, I guess just to say that um, the, I had a dream. Uh, I had a dream when we were filming Nightmare on Street 4, and it's, I, was, I was in this, this tunnel, mm -hmm. and Freddy comes to the end of it, and, and he starts making lights swirl around me. And, and it's just all confusing, and he's coming towards me in the dream, and cut. And at the end of that dream, I called up Peter Chesney, and, I, and and uh, I said, you know, uh, I need to make this come true, yeah. right? And, and he goes, oh, well, I know how to rig it. And we went to Rachel and said, you know what? The, I, I have this sequence. Rachel Talley. Rachel Talley, right. I, I have this sequence that I, that I think that we can throw in at this particular place. And, uh, and three weeks later, we were up and, and filming it. That's great. And wow. that was just, uh, that was absolutely from a dream. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. So some, this is literally the man that helps your nightmares come true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had really, for the for the most part, the tr dreams that I had while we were doing Nightmare on the Street 4, and that was a big exception because I was having dreams about going to the 7-Eleven, mm -hmm. uh, getting a Slurpee, picking the kids up at school, <laughs> and stuff like that because during the day while I was awake, I had rooms that were upside down. I was up to hearing blood. <laughs> As, as one and, and there were flames everywhere. So, I mean, you know, that's, um... <laughs> Mick, it, this has been great. Yeah, you, this has made a film geek's 
This has been Today. amazing. This is one of this is probably one of, if not one of our best episodes. I know I don't even have to look at it. It yeah. means the world to us. Thank you for yeah, taking the time you. out of your own time to do this. We're actually stealing this room, we will admit at the end of it, 30 minutes after and he has given his time to us on this and we could not appreciate it yes. let me say something about this and and scarefest altogether i have had the greatest time in the world good kentucky kentucky and the and uh the fans of elm street have really come out to make me feel great good. um this is this is it for me in kentucky i'm i'm gonna go back to my hotel room and you know give my feet a chance to, to stop being stomped on by yeah. some 300 pound guy but I'm sorry. Joe why did you do that to him because <laughs> I wanted to make love to him <laughs> but and you're on, doing more, you're doing more cons now right right yeah uh, this book is, this man for a con Twitter handle. do you have a Twitter social media how do they get a hold of you you know what just try, go to Mick Strawn on Facebook and I will deny that I know you at all good sounds good so book will, this man this is phenomenal that's just the beginning of his story we will have uh, We'll have all that contact information on our webpage and on our Twitter and on our Facebook. Thank you so uh, much. Guys, totally. We're done. I, I've so enjoyed this. And all right. We're done. We're done. Thank you so much. Thank Woo. you. All right. Wasn't that great? Fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Mick, once again, we cannot thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for coming up and saying hello to me. I can't thank you enough for showing up after he was done right. to do this. I mean, he could have just went on and had dinner. As a fat man, that's what I would have done. Yes. And, and we want to have you back because I want to hear a Manta story that I didn't get. I want to just hang out with you for a while, <laughs> rub my hands through your hair. Did I mention my basement earlier? Cold water. I, mm. I, I think the other part of this, though, is Hater. that, uh, Joe's again, we didn't get a literally maybe a, a hundredth a tip of the, of the iceberg. So yes, that if, man you, if you're out there and you're running a convention, do yourselves a favor. Call him up. Book him. He's yeah. amazing. He has a ton of great stories. Call him up. Book him. The people who really appreciate film are going to love him. Mm -hmm. Right, the days of, uh, and we're going literally from the days of practical effects, yes, to modern to doing so yeah, much else. He's just somebody that you should have at your convention. One last thing before we go, I need to correct myself. During the episode, I said Fred Olin Ray made the comment about breasts being the cheapest special effect. It actually was not him. I'm so sorry. It's Jim Wynorski. Yes, Jim Wynorski. So, Joe, while you're making corrections, why are you just going to stop at one? You've got a lot of other things you. Can I don't make mistakes. Uh, you do this podcast, sir. Yes, you hang out with us. I mean, I don't have a choice in any of that. <laughs> That's fate. I'm besieged by fate. Doctor Fate? No, he's. he's I'm quoting Vincent Price. Vincent Price said he never played they, villains. Uh, oh, he played men besieged seized by, by their fate. fate. Uh, he just loves poking at you at those people you just absolutely loathe. Yeah, like Poe. I'm going to beat you all. And you know what? Anyway, thank if you all I so was much. Dead, if I was dead, I would come back and me and Poe would go into your house. Every time Hollywood would... Squares comes on, he's throwing tomatoes. All right, TV. thank you so much. We're out of here. Toodles. I hate you so much. <laughs>
I felt that you liked some. some good I feel stuff. like I, there's a lot of lack you, of talent here, you, but I never start firing people. Well, I'm glad you feel that way about yourself. We've been telling you that for years. Yeah, we weren't talking about me. Says you. <laughs> <laughs>